Welcome to today's Community Cast. My name is Matt Morgan. I'm the pastor at Community Brookside, a new church plant in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are so blessed by your presence, and we hope that today's content will bring you joy. So we're going to start this morning again in the book of Mark. So we're going to move on to uh, the, the latter part of seven and into chapter eight. Uh, but first of all, I have a couple questions. How many of you in this room have perfect 2020 vision? Anybody? With your glasses. Okay, good. What? With your contacts. You do? You have perfect vision? That's wonderful. Um, <clears throat> Alyssa is like, no, my wife, I love her. She cannot see anything without her glasses. She walks in a room if she doesn't have her glasses on, and you see this, like the squint, right, to try to fix our imperfect vision. So it just so happens that I actually have better than 2020 vision. Uh, and there's a game that our family likes to play on road trips, and it just so happens that I may or may not have a bit of an advantage because of my eyesight, right? Have you guys ever played road trip games where you have to spot something on the side of the highway? Yeah. Okay. So our game that we like to play, it's an alphabet game, and you get to choose, like, everybody starts on the same letter. You all start with A. Makes sense. Then you go to the next letter, B, right? But the issue is you have to see your letter in a sign. Let's say it's an um, Applebee sign. You say, A, Applebee's. Nobody else can call that A, right? But you can call multiple letters in that same word. A, Applebee's, B, Applebee's, C, oh wait, nope, gotta find another letter, right? Or another word. So we do this all going down the road, and, and uh, Alyssa, how many times have we played that game? About a million, you think? How many times have I won? Every time. Every time, right? <laughs> it just, it's because I have good eyesight and I'm able to see. Now, when we talk about eyesight, eyesight is one of those things that, if you're honest with yourself, does it ever scare you to think about losing that? Because it shifts everything about your whole life, doesn't it? If you can't see, what do you do, right? So we know there are, are ways to, to make up for that. We have seeing eye dogs and we have, you know, service animals and we have canes and, you know, incredible corrective lenses that we can put on our eyes. But if I'm honest with you, one of my greatest fears is losing my eyesight. Um, my dad was about my age, a very young, young age, uh, when he began to have to wear glasses. And it was weird to see my dad in glasses because he had perfect vision all throughout his life too until he was a little bit older. Um, but blindness prevents us from seeing the faces of people we love. Blindness prevents us from seeing God's creation, right? We can't see landscapes or sunsets or sometimes words in a book. As our sight fades, our hearts go out to people who can't see. So Jesus confronted blindness in his ministry in a multiple, uh, multiple occasions. And the scripture we're going to read today talks about blindness, but it's not just about healing a person who's literally blind, but it's also bringing to recognition that sometimes we as people who call ourselves followers of Jesus, we can sometimes be spiritually blind also. As he confronted the people throughout the stories we're going to read today, today, he addressed the problem of spiritual blindness and physical blindness as well. As we work through these stories, I want you guys to see how we can address spiritual blindness in places in our own lives. Ways that we have stopped seeing Jesus clearly, okay? 
So if you're able to, let's uh, open up our Bibles in the book of Mark chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. You can follow along on the screen. I invite you at home to follow along as well. But if you've got a Bible, write in it, friends. Make notes because it's wonderful, okay? So here we are starting in Mark chapter 8, verse 1. Here's what Scripture says for us this morning. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a very long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. After he had sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went over to the region of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply, and I love that response. He sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and he crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, is it because we've got no bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? They came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. So there's a lot in this scripture that looks like, if we're just reading it for the surface only reading, we're going to miss a lot of the depth that's written here. Every single one of these stories talks in one way or another about being blind. So let's start off in verse 10 through 12. So right, the Pharisees at this point are critical of Jesus and they wanted to expose him as a fraud. Throughout the entire book of Mark, the Pharisees have Jesus' number. They're jealous of the ministry that Jesus is doing. They see these huge crowds that are following around Jesus. And the Pharisees, the traditional religious leaders, they don't get that same sort of response when they teach because they're not teaching with the power and authority that Jesus has as being the Son of God. 
So the Pharisees are constantly trying to find ways to trap Jesus in order to destroy the ministry that he's doing. And so they thought, here's how we'll get him. We're going to make him give us a sign from heaven. Show us a sign, right? We, we do that sometimes too, don't we? Right? Like, Jesus, just show me that you're here with me in this moment. Jesus, all hope is lost. Just let me know you're here with me, right? We still do this. It's a little bit different. We do it for self-reassurance. The Pharisees are doing it to trap Jesus because they don't think that he can do it. A lot of times the Pharisees are following Jesus from town to town. They show up where Jesus shows up. And guess what? The Pharisees have seen the miracles of Jesus and yet they still ask for a sign. Plenty of signs have already been shown. Jesus, give us a sign. I need to see it. Let me see what you're doing. They were just too blind to recognize Jesus and who he was in the light of all the miracles that he did. And their demand troubled Jesus. What was Jesus' response? He sighed deeply. When do you sigh deeply? What has to happen in your life for you to just go... Oh, dear God, right? When we get frustrated with something, when we experience something over and over and over again, that's when I just go, are you serious right now? Jesus is saying in this moment, just by breathing deeply, just letting it all out again is what he's saying. When will enough be enough? When will you finally understand who I am? When will you open your blind eyes to see more than what's happening just right in front of your face? From his birth until this point in the gospel, Jesus had repeatedly shown signs that he was not only a man who could teach the word of God, but a man who lived the word of God and a man that could do some incredible miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. All the signs pointed to, this is who I am, this is who I am, but the Pharisees were too blind to see it. So Jesus sighed deeply and he said, why does this generation ask for a sign? And then he says, truly I tell you, no sign will be given. And then Jesus immediately goes to performing more miracles, right? I think Jesus is saying in this moment, if you are so blind that you can't see what I'm doing right here, right now, you're never going to see it. And it wasn't until Jesus was gone and that generation who had known Jesus personally, I've seen him until that generation had passed away that they finally realized, oh my gosh, the signs that Jesus gave were the signs that he was the Messiah. When we're spiritually blind, sometimes our getting it comes too late. Eventually, the Pharisees would see Jesus die and rise from the grave, but that sign was going to be ignored also. Just show us, just show us. And then when Jesus rises from the grave, that still isn't enough. When will it be enough for us to really believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Is it going to take the second coming for us as people of the cross to really believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Critics of Jesus couldn't see him as the son of God because they had chosen to live blindly. But in this particular scripture, it wasn't just the Pharisees who were blinded to who Jesus was. It was also the disciples, right? 
the, the story starts out with Jesus' teaching, and he doesn't want to send everybody home because people, have, they've come from a long way away, and if I send them home now, they're going to faint because they're so hungry. So we got to fix this, right? So Jesus recognizes there's a problem, and the disciples of Jesus, what do they say? Well, come on, Jesus, what are we going to do? We're out here in the wilderness. Where are we going to get enough bread for all these people? And Jesus says, just have everybody take a seat. What do we have? And he looks at the resources that they have, and they have seven loaves of bread. And it says a few fish. And so Jesus blesses those things and performs this incredible miracle. So much that the people were there, they fed and they ate together and they were satisfied is the word. They were filled. They had had enough. And so when they get up to leave, the disciples go pick up the remnants and the leftovers and there's seven baskets left over. So the disciples who have known Jesus since the beginning of his ministry, they even forget who he is in that moment. They're blind to see that Jesus has power and he has authority and he can do things that not the rest of us can do. So Jesus has to point out to them how blind they are. Why... Why is it that something happens immediately and then immediately the disciples recognize and then forget, right? Because it, almost immediately they get in the boat, they go across the lake, and what are, they, what are they worried about? If they have bread. You just got to see 4,000 people fed until they were full with seven loaves and you've got one between the 12 of us. We're fine, Right? They had just seen Jesus do something incredibly miraculous and the blinders come right back on. And this is a story about us, guys, because this is us. Oftentimes when something miraculous happens and we recognize that moment, oh, Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. And then 10 minutes later, it's like we go back to life without Jesus. We put those blinders back on. We're like the disciples in this moment. Jesus goes, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Yes, Jesus, that's exactly it. They don't see and they don't understand. Jesus says, are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? Clearly the answer here is yes. What if you were on that boat? Would you say, gosh, I sure am hungry. I'm a little nervous. We've only got one loaf of bread and I'm really hungry. Or would you just remember back to 17 milliseconds ago when Jesus fed 4,000 people, right? We have to stop being blind people to the things of Jesus, to the miracles that Jesus provides, to the activity of the Holy Spirit still at work in our world right around us. We have got to open our eyes and see and recognize when God is still moving and join him in that movement. Can you imagine like Jesus in this moment is talking about the yeast of the Pharisees. Be careful because friends, they don't see me for who I am. And the disciples go, gosh, he's still talking about bread. Be careful of not recognizing me for who I am. Like the Pharisees, they don't see me. And the disciples go, oh gosh, we forgot bread. 
<laughs> Maybe. In this moment, the disciples remind us that sometimes even the people who are closest to Jesus can be blind to what the presence of Jesus means. You can go to church your whole life. You can spend every Sunday morning for an hour a week between 11 and 12 worshiping God. You can go to all the Bible studies you want, all the small groups you want. You can spend time with friends in conversation about all the theological issues of the world. And sometimes you can't recognize Jesus when Jesus does something incredible right in front of your face. But the good news is you have good company the disciples of Jesus, the 12 that he chose sometimes got it wrong. And you will too. But Jesus tells us there's still hope, right? So Jesus asked them some questions that forced them to kind of recognize their own spiritual blindness, right? He, don't you remember when I broke five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls did you pick up? Seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? Do you not see what's going on? The son of God had fed thousands of hungry people with only a few loaves of bread and some fish. And he was there with them in that moment. The son of God was in the boat with them. You don't have to worry about bread. Open your eyes and see what's going on right around you, right? They had forgotten about the incredible, miraculous things that Jesus had done. And they were there for almost every single one of them. And they were fearful that their, their forgetfulness, right? That mistake that they made caused them to totally miss the point that Jesus provides. There is enough in Jesus. And again, that's us. We do that. Sometimes we as people who have had a difference made in our lives forget that Jesus is still making a difference in lives of people all around us. We've got to stop being so spiritually blind. So then we actually see a moment where Jesus is introduced to a real live blind person, right? And so this blind person is brought in front of Jesus and the people who are there begged him to heal this man, right? The people of the city knew the situation. They recognized Jesus as the only one who could make a difference in this man's life, right? The disciples who had followed Jesus from the time that they were called, they forgot sometimes that Jesus could do incredible things. They were blind to sometimes the things that Jesus could do. The Pharisees who came to bring charges at Jesus every chance they got, they were also blind to the miraculous things that Jesus could do. But the people in this city who we don't know anything about show up with a blind man because they know who Jesus is. They recognize, their eyes are open and they say, if you've opened our spiritual eyes, I know you can open this man's physical eyes. And so they brought him to Jesus. And Jesus makes a difference, right? Notice how carefully and patiently Jesus worked with the blind man, right? This is what blows me away. Usually when Jesus speaks, something miraculous happens, right? Jesus says, all right, calm, be still, and the storm stops. Jesus says, wake up, and a little girl rises from the dead. In this moment, Jesus spits in a man's face, right? This is, this is an interesting story. It's weird. 
and we don't do this in COVID times, but Jesus spits in this man's eyes. The story goes like this. He took the blind man by the head, led him out of the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes, right? And we, we might confuse this with another story where Jesus spits in the dirt and makes a little mud and rubs the mud on eyes. That's a different gospel. But here Jesus spits on the man's eyes and he puts his hands on him. Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and he says, I see people. They look like what? Trees. Doing what? Walking. It's a, I, yeah, I mean, it's weird. They look like trees walking. And then it says, once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open and his sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. When Jesus usually speaks, something miraculous happens in that instance that changes everything. But here we have Jesus speaking twice. Do you see anything? It's weird. Trees walking around. It's the weirdest thing, Jesus. And so Jesus does it again. Now what do you see? There's a purpose for that here in our scripture today, friends. Jesus doesn't do anything accidentally or by mistake. There's a reason for this. After Jesus began to help him, the man could begin. He was in the very early process of seeing. His eyes were being opened, but they weren't opened clearly. But as Jesus continued to work with him, he began to see everything like it was supposed to be seen. And this miracle gives us insight to the work that Jesus does with us. Patiently, he helps us so our spiritual vision can be restored and sharpened so that we can see him. Sometimes in our lives, we're not healed instantly. But Jesus continues to work on us and with us and eventually through us. There's a reason that Jesus does it like this. Because Jesus is never going to leave us blind. If we don't see things quite the way that we're supposed to yet, Jesus is going to be right there with us, ready to help us see what he's had, what he has for us. So today, how clearly do you see? How clearly do you see Jesus in the world at work around you, right? Do you see Jesus as the son of God who offers us salvation and hope and healing, or do you see him as the Pharisees see him? Do you see Jesus as a threat to your way of life? Maybe you see him as the disciples see him fearfully, right? Sometimes in the scripture, it says when they saw the work of Jesus, they were astonished and terrified are the two most often used phrases in the book of Mark. They were afraid and astonished. Do we see Jesus and do we become afraid? Or do we see Jesus and do we want to run alongside him? and do the work with him. The only way that we can stop being spiritually blind is by knowing who Jesus is and following what Jesus asks us to do. We've got to read his word, we've got to look at his life, and then we have to do what Jesus does. And it's going to be hard. So don't forget to ask for help. It's clear from the story that Jesus is going to meet you right where you are and he's going to stay with you and work with you until your spiritual eyes are healed. 
It may not happen all at once, but the healing that Jesus offers changes everything about our lives if we allow it. So today and always, may our spiritual eyes be opened so that we can fully know who Jesus is and fully tell the world about that Jesus that changes us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Community Cast. We hope that you were blessed by today's conversation. If you'd like to know more about Community Brookside, please feel free to visit us at our website, communitybrookside.com, or find us on your favorite social media outlet. We hope to hear from you soon. Be blessed.